Hey everybody, welcome to Jason Staten Leadership Solutions, part of Raising the Bar. And uh, for the month of July, I've got a special treat for me and for you. Uh, one of my heroes in leadership and heroes in life, one of my best friends and also my father is uh, gonna be on with us this week, uh, this month rather, and uh, he is on with us right now. So um, he's an inspiration to me and not just to me, but to a lot, many, many, many thousands of people um, for many reasons. But one of the reasons um, is because uh, even though he's a little bit over 30 years old, he's still very uh, invested in his growth. And so uh, he's also uh, started multiple churches, many churches, um, is helps in leading several congregations, speaks at events all around the nation, and is just an inspiration to ministers from every generation. And so, again, I'm thankful to have him on. And uh, so we're just going to kind of lead him on. Dad, thanks for joining us here tonight. Thank you, son. I'm honored to be on this uh, Zoom call. Well, the first question I want to ask that is, again, because you are someone who is so invested in continuing to grow, uh, when I know it would have been easy for you to just kind of reach a comfort level and say, you know what, I've done my part, I've invested, I've given, now I'm going to put it in cruise control and enjoy kind of the, you know, the last 50 years of my life, however long we get to keep you around. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you continue to invest. So how important do you feel that it is for leaders to continue to grow themselves? Um, I think um, about this question, I think that uh, the leader's job is the future. Um, I, this is a quote from Miles Monroe. He said, a leader is one who sees more than other sees, who sees farther than other see, who sees before other sees. And, and, and I think in order to be positioned to be able to accomplish that, it, it's a constant effort. I think uh, whether it's uh, reading material or being on, you know, uh, raise the bar or, um, you know, other, other leadership growth uh, training uh, keeps I think it keeps you sh sharpened that you're able to look into the future. And without, I think without preparation, well, I, I, I'm convinced of it. I don't just think it. I, I, it's, if you don't prepare yourself, you will miss those moments that are so important for a leader. So I, I think for all of us, uh, Young leaders, it's so important for them to learn how to do that, how to um, gather uh, knowledge, information, and, and assimilate it into their person. Leaders are not, you know, I know we've heard this said, but to me, it just is so true. Uh, you know, if you want to know if you're a leader, look behind you. If nobody's following, you're probably not too successful as a leader. But in order to do that, there are characteristics that are necessary. Uh, they're essential to that. So Good. I think it's uh, essential that 
the leader keep growing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously I get a lot, I have a lot of my friends and people around me ask me, you know, how does your dad stay motivated? How does he, how does he keep that drive to do what he does? And I think to me, a big part of that is, is because you continue to invest in growth and you continue to be open to learning new things. And I think that's a, at least that's what I tell people from my perspective of watching you. Um, if you were to choose three habits or qualities that are essential for leaders to possess, to be a, a successful leader, effective leader, what would be the three qualities or the three habits that you would choose? You know, I thought this was interesting because after we had talked a bit, I, I uh, pulled several old books off of the counter that uh, off, of, off of my shelf that I have. And, uh, Dr. Miles Monroe, in his book, Spirit of a Leader, at the, in the appendix of that book, he has like, you know, just two or three pages of lists of characteristics. And, and another one by Edward Dayton, a book called Strategy for Leadership. He also has his list of characteristics. And Hans Benzel, in his book, Top, Top Ten Mistakes Leaders Make, um, I think in each of them, there are similarities, but they're not necessarily, they're not quotes from each other. But uh, so I, I took, you know, read through them. And I think the one that I most often hear is passion. And uh, people will say uh, something to me about, about having passion. And um, the, one of the writers said, because uh, that that brings up like well passion what do you mean passion passion is is that energy is it excitement is it what is that passion and of the definitions that I found the one that um, I, that I like the most is called uh, desire desire that passion is connected to desire and and so I think the first one I would say based on on that definition is, is passion. I think um, that characteristic is so important for a, a leader. I mean, whether, for example, if I have young leaders that I'm trying to develop, if they have no passion, uh, it doesn't, sure, it doesn't inspire me yeah. to uh, lead them, to, to uh, help them. They, right. they, so I think passion is the first one. And then the second one, and I think I don't think they're separable. I think they work together. And the second one that I would use is purpose. I think that um, in order to for for that passion to be channeled, it does you no good. You, you know, there have been times in my life where I look back over it in churches that I started, and I wish that I had been that I knew then what I know now that. You know, uh, so much of even uh, the lessons that what the last 18 months or so with raising the bar, if I could have had those when I was starting the church in Arizona, I think I could have been we, mom and I had such opportunities to win people, especially early on in the start of that church plant. We had just incredible opportunities, but I was so young. And did not understand 
much of what through, I mean, that's part of leadership is you have to learn, you have to learn those things, like whether it's purpose or passion, uh, or the third one that I'm going to use is kind of um, different for me, but it's at a different time in my life. And that's goal setting, because I have learned that you really, with goal setting, not only goal setting, but tracking, because it's so easy to say, well, I've done this or I've done that. And keep if, if you have no tracking, you might have been fooling yourself. You know, you might really not have accomplished as much as you thought you had. So I think, and let me just go back to purpose. I think purpose is, I mean, if you take an individual's life and walking with God, like that's like right now, I have like five or six new Bible studies. And, and the truth is some of them are going to be a harder work because they have had no purpose for their life. They just squandered their life. And so before I really can make the Bible study effective, they are going to have to have a revelation of a purpose for their life. And, um, and, and then anyway, those were the three that I think passion purpose and goal setting. And I think goal setting, I have, you know, in all the years, I I really wasn't real good at goal setting. Thank God, God has put people around me at different places in my life who understood that. And when we did started the systems thing, it very much in different uh, systems, the setting and accomplishing of goals is the effectiveness of that system. If you don't have it, if you don't have goals and you don't accomplish those goals, then you really didn't need that system. Right. So, so good. anyway, that's very good. So I think I, you know, those apply to me on a personal level, as well as a corporate uh, team level, passion, purpose, and goal setting. Um, just a couple more questions that I'd, I'd like to ask you so that the audience can hear your response. And that is, you know, one of the, the characteristics that I think has everybody when they think of Jerry Staten, um, they think of how you connect with people. Anybody who's ever been anywhere with you knows that you don't have, a, there's no stranger in your world. You, whether it's the waiter or the person next to you on the airplane, uh, wherever you go, you just seem to be um, able to connect with people. And what would, what, what would you say is the key to having a mindset that's able to connect with people from all walks of life? Uh, I, you know, I did read about that and I've written down a couple of things. I think, I think what I kind of came up with is uh, attitude, the way you think, you know, the old saying is attitude determines altitude. Uh, but when you kind of translate that into a, say, everyday language, there is something, there's another part to it that is like, a, I, I tell Sometimes I've told this story how that when many years ago, when Merrill Cornwell visited Brother Haney's church to have a revival, it was his first, he was very young. We were all young, but he he had a hundred soul revival, right? And you've heard him, do you know it or not? You've heard him talk about that revival. Yeah. But in that revival, uh, he had people come to the front to be prayed for who 
wanted to be uh, evangelistic soul winners, right? And um, I had an experience with him where he laid hands on me, and I, I'm not really, I mean, I, I know it happens, and I understand the spiritual side of things, but I, I don't think it was like, I wasn't, didn't go to the altar looking for that, where, but when he prayed for me, there was, there was like a, a, a dynamic moment that took place, and um, actually, I, I kind of, I fell out, uh, which I'm not, you know, I, I'm not, I don't press for that. Matter of fact, I want them to stay awake so they get the full benefit of what God's doing. Right. But, but at that time, when, when it happened, actually, there were two times in my, uh, that I was in services with Merrill Cornwell, where he prayed for me, and that same experience happened two different times. Mm -hmm. And when I asked him what it was, his reply may not have been these, ex these exact words, but it was like, you have received a gift. And, um, you know, figuring out that gift, that gift over the years. I don't, because I don't, I think all of us are called to the Great Commission. So I don't think that God goes, I'll give you like, I'm going to give everybody a gift of so many. I don't think it works that way. I didn't go to the altar looking for a gift. Right. But I had a touch of God that awakened something in my spirit that to this day, I mean, I was thinking today, um, you know, I, I've been taking mom some. Well, I actually three or four three or four times this week, I've gone to this particular restaurant because I connected with a couple of young men that work in that restaurant. And I know their names now, you know, I, so when I went in, I just called them by, Hey, Ethan, how you doing? And uh, another little girl, her name is Stevie. And um, just, there's something inside of me that I can't necessarily explain to you, but I believe that it can be awakened by the spirit of God that you make people feel valuable by the way I could have just called their name and, and it wouldn't have had the same effect, but it's like when you, when, when I meet them, there's like uh, a spark and there's uh, a smile and I want them to know I genuinely am happy to see them. And I think it translates into an attitude, a positive attitude that I see the potential in that person, regardless of where they are right now. I see the possibilities in them. And I think out of that comes several characteristics. I think, I, I think, I think it's a form of compassion. I think, um, I don't know that I can explain that to you. It's like, I feel a God love for that person. I feel almost, um, when I say this, it's probably not correct, but I almost feel sorry for them. Like they have missed some opportunity in life to become more than they are. Yeah. And, and I have that moment, just a moment to say something to them that will cause them to know they have value. And uh, so I think that that's, 
how it works for me. Every time, every time I feel that. Yeah. Good. Well, and I, I think, yeah, I would say from the outside, just watching, I think that's true that you, you do, you see value in people and that translates in the way you interact with them and that opens doors. So the last question, and then um, I do want to say for everybody watching this interview, um, all of you that are a part of Raising the Bar, uh, this coming Saturday at 10 a.m., um, my dad will be on the expert call, and he's going to be teaching for about 20 minutes, and then you can get on there and ask any questions that you might have. Uh, but the last question for this interview tonight, uh, you know, Raising the Bar, the community, is about developing yourself into a leader. It really it's really not, you know, now that I'm kind of going through it and people are going through it, it's really not about developing yourself uh, as a leader, but it's positioning yourself to develop as a leader. No matter where you're at, it's, it's, it's more of a mindset and a posture that says, hey, I want to continue to grow. Certainly there are principles in there that I think can help you grow as a leader. But the common element in all the people that are going through raising the bar is they want to develop themselves and they want to develop others. So with that being said, for 50 years, you've been developing people, right? You've been as a pastor, um, certainly as a father, um, as a mentor. Uh, you know, none of the churches that you've started are mega churches, but you've had many, many, many churches started out of your ministry. So you've been developing others. Um, and the question is, is how do you ever get discouraged in developing others? And then... I know the answer to that, so I'm going to go ahead and ask the second part. How do you move beyond that discouragement? Well, yeah, I think the discouragement comes that 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 has the potential. You know, it's like one of those times where you go to a service and the preacher preaches and my, he has the right message. Well, one time we went to it because of the times in Jeff Arnold preached a message on discouragement uh, and how it affects the preacher. And I, I just never forgot, I, not necessarily the content of that message, but certainly how that moment was. And, uh, and I think um, discouragement or, yeah, that would probably be the right term for it. It happens. It's just like the opposite of like when you are leading someone you're teaching someone you're you you know that you have you're making a difference in their life and then all of a sudden there's a turning and you see them falter and fail that's that's what causes this it's like when you see them succeeding there's a great just a great feeling of satisfaction but when you see them fail yeah. it's the direct opposite that you, you try to think back. What could I have done different? What could I have done better? How, how can I, how, how can I reclaim this person? And how can I get them back on track? And um, so, how do I recover from that? Because it can be. I mean, you know that that's a, a big thing it, because it comes not just. It can be with a leader but it can be in so many ways it can come. But I think there are certain words that like resilience, you know, it's kind of like being able to rebound, yeah. being able to get back up after, you know, a personal failure. 
after uh, um, that one that you have put so much confidence in, saw so much promise in them, and now you have watched them collapse, walk away, whatever. I think that that's where the um, uh, discouragement comes in. And then how do you recover that? How do you recover from that? I think I, I wrote down a couple of things, all right? Like, I think, number one, however this happens, I think you have you have to have a belief in yourself. I, I That could really be misunderstood. I'm not talking about pride or arrogance, but you have to believe yeah. that you, that God yeah. has something going on in your life. And you, and with that, there comes this confidence that, you will survive it. You'll yeah. overcome it. Yeah. It comes, I think, from a belief in self. Yeah. And the second thing is, I think um, when you have that does that passion, I'm going to use a term, I preached a message not long ago called assignments. How it's like when God brings somebody to my life and I know that it was a God thing, that I view that as an assignment. Yeah. And that assignment is not just like if, if your goal is just to get them to new birth, and, and I'm not taken away from that, right. but if that's your only goal, then you're really short. You're short-sighted. Yeah. You, you should see that person. They could be, I say this sometimes, but it's really the truth. They could be the next Apostle Paul. They could be the next, the, the, the next great greatest preacher that's ever they could preach a greatest message that's ever been preached it could be right within them and you you have to see that before they do you have to feel that and so i think that becomes an assignment and and then there is like you also have to have this other characteristics and that is a a willingness and even a capacity to walk alone sometimes because when you're really working to develop people, it'd be great if everybody just was like rah, rah and on board. But the truth is yeah. everybody's not. Right. And so, so you have to have the ability in a sense to walk alone through some of those things. Right. And, Anyway, that was, I think that's how you, if you have to have, even though I may not be able to describe it, you have to have some of that because you're going to have, you may not have somebody else picking you up. Right. You may not even have some great spiritual moment. It might be simply that you, something inside of you says, no, I'm not staying down. I'm not going to die on this, this, at this experience. I have more to do, more to accomplish. And it's like a willingness, but also a determination. Yeah. So, good. I don't. Well, I know all the things that you've talked about. I ask those questions of you because I know that those are, that, that you know, those are to me the, the core elements of who you are. You're a, you connect with people, you develop others, you're consistently seeking to develop yourself. And I appreciate those things. I think, um, it's, you know, I've learned from that. It's made me want to grow. Um, so I appreciate it. And I love you. 
I'm thankful you're my, I love you. my dad, my leader. And um, I'm just glad all the, you know, the audience is going to watch this interview. We'll get to hear from you. And uh, so Saturday at 10 o'clock, uh, everybody that's a part of the Raising the Bark community, if you're not that a part of the Raising the Bark community, reach out to us. We can get you plugged into the community. You don't want to miss this call on Saturday, uh, 10 o'clock Saturday Eastern time. Thank you, Dad, again. Love you. Love you. We'll talk to you Saturday.